I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right, I'm excited for this episode. Now, this is a different type of episode where we have Chris Mendeley and her husband, Keith, who come to us from the UK. Now, Keith and I connected because Johnny Pollock, one of our other wonderful UK friends, put us together and said, hey, Keith and his wife, Chris, are doing these amazing things with children's books on humble behavior that Chris has created a story, a book line around these traffic cones. And so the conversation goes into Keith and I meeting and learning how in-depth the community culture is in the UK and the power that is shared through corporations and training for children and safety and, and behavior and mannerisms and all of these beautiful things. And so... Again, this conversation podcast episode is different, but it's taking this concept of these traffic cones. Now, if we think of, you know, the orange cones, Chris talks about why the cones and then the different guardians that these guardian characters and also she has more four main characters that she discusses in this episode and she shares how she developed it, what specifically about the cones prompted the concept she shares with us what she enjoys most about the creation. And of course, I think it goes to without saying just, you know, seeing a young child with the opportunity to receive a book and just how their face lights up and the messages that they're learning. So it's a great episode. Tune in. These are my true friends, both Keith and Chris Mendeley. You can see all of the connections and details in the show notes. So enjoy the episode and we'll be again with you next week. Okay, Chris. So you are a podcast guest of ours this week because I'm just fascinated by learning what you and Keith have done in the space to deliver these very powerful children's books that are based on these very humble traffic cones and teaching young children about human behavior. So welcome, Chris. I'm just, I'm delighted to have this episode with you. Uh, it's fantastic to be with you, Marla. It really is. Okay, so give us some insight, Chris. I mean, you, you know, you and Keith, he's been the wordsmith, but you have this this joy of writing and you have for many, many years. Bring forward, you know, what's the concept of cones for our audience that maybe they're not aware of? Share what, what you're doing. Okay. Well, it all started, it was almost like therapy, really, because we, we had a business in West Yorkshire and we decided to open a branch just outside London. So we were travelling up and down the M1 motorway and they were building a big new junction just south of Leicester Forest. And of course, we got stuck in loads and loads of traffic jams surrounded by traffic cones. 
So I thought, got to turn this negative into a positive. And the Cone stories were born. Okay, so you obviously started to see them, Chris, as, you know, I don't know, humans or voices or, you know, something that could come to life. What was it that said, hey, I'm going to turn these cones into a concept to teach children behaviors? Well, I think because they're all all the same underneath, like all human beings are the same underneath with different temperaments, what have you. But, you know, basically, we, we all come from the same sort of place. And I, I wanted to use traffic cones because they're easy for children to draw. An 18-month-old, two-year-old can draw a triangle with a stick on the bottom. And then they can participate in, in the enjoyment of the cones. And it just seemed a good idea to get them come alive and out into the big wide world because they're fascinated by human behaviour. And so that's where all the stories come from, looking at what's around us, what children need to know, how we can encourage them into various differences that they perhaps wouldn't have thought of before. So they don't get hidebound by jobs and everything else. They can just go out and explore the world themselves with the safety nets in place, of course. Okay, Chris, I absolutely love the fact that you share that they all look the same, right? They're, they're not intimidating, that there's this outward persona of, of a cone, and yet you've taken an adapted human behavior to those. So if I understand, you have like four main characters with these cones. Talk to us about that. We have Constance, they have cone names, Constance and Conrad, Cone Vera, just because it describes her attitude, and Conan, Conan, not Conan. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so wherever I can, um, with whatever story we're doing, I try to find a word that re- relates to the, to the story and the character, but which is a cone word. So when we're doing things in construction, it's constructor, um, contractor, or something like that. So we try and I'm just doing one at the moment, and the um, it's, it's about food and, and conserving food. And so it's going to be confection. Is, is the come for this one. So we try to get something that, you know, we have a bit of a laugh with the, the, the play on the word. And it also teaches kids how to use the magic E in the middle of a word. If you get an E in between two consonants, it changes the sound of the first vowel. Oh my God, I, I just, I love the simplicity of this. I love the concept. Okay, but you also work with Corporate UK on getting these books into the hands of, of many, many children. Talk to us about that partnership and how did that concept get started, Chris? It started quite near the beginning, really, when, when we found our publisher, who was absolutely fantastic, very supportive. And the, we were very quite friendly with the guy at the Jaguar dealership, and he just fell in love with the cones, and they said, uh, would you like to have a launch in the showroom? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, lots of people came. It's great. And unbeknown to me, he'd got a brand new white Jaguar in and he'd livered it up like a police car. <laughs> and so after that, we thought, well, this is a good idea because corporate Britain have got access, or corporate anywhere, UK, USA, anywhere. They have access through what they do to get into the environment where children are perhaps, I don't know, it's they get in the way, these contractors and things, don't they? You know, they, they dig the roads up and all sorts of things. Uh, and it just seemed a good idea because they've got messages that, they, that need to be out there for children. And it's not just finding nice jobs for them. It's also to be safe. You know, you don't go playing around a hole in the road. You know, you could kill yourself. 
Um, and it, it has developed from there. The, the stories are endless by finding new situations every week. It's just fascinating. I love it. I love it. Chris, how many books have you published in this space of comms? We've got 13 published. I've got two that are just about to be published. And then I've got five that are in various stages at the moment, yeah. Okay. And how long have you been at this process? Ah, well, as I say, it started when we had the the business and and the office in London. And so that, it'll be about 25 years ago when I first started. But at the time, it was just sort of therapy. Then we sold the business in the early 2000s. And I went off to do something different. I wanted to learn how to be a Myers-Briggs practitioner. So I went off and studied that. And then I started going back to the cones. They've always drawn me back. Um, And everybody's always told me never to give up with them. So I decided we'd try and do something with them. And so it happened. That's fantastic. Okay, so the four main characters. And then there's also three guardians, correct? Within the cones. Talk to us about that. What are the guardians? The guardians are you can you can read into them how whatever you want to do for any religion or you know it's not uh, specific but we have police car on the ground looking after them we have wise owl who silently floats around above them and just keeps an eye open without infringing on what they're doing so that they know that they're safe but equally they're not being told what to do and there's new moon now, New Moon is the one that got them alive in the first place. She is very mischievous, and if she sees an opportunity where she can have a bit of fun, she does. And somebody left the factory skylight open, and she dropped moon dust over these newly made cones, and they came alive. But we've had, we have to build safety with it. We can't have children seeing a load of cones on the motorway or in town or whatever and going looking for their favourite character. So when a human eye looks at a cone, it is just a cone. No hands, no faces, no voices, no movement, just a cone. Um, so uh, when my granddaughter was little, it was so funny because she'd be in the child seat in the back of the car and we'd get some roadworks or cones everywhere. And I could see her just sneaking to try and she could actually see one that was transformed into one of the characters. But of course, it never happens. <laughs> yeah, but the imagination is just is beyond. And then give us some of your favorites. So you've published 13 so far. Give us some favorite concepts, Chris, that you have written about in the in the Cones series. I think one of the ones that I found most moving, a, a person that we know in, in Yorkshire, she's absolutely incredible. She's now been, she's maybe been made a dame. She's amazing woman what a, a role model for girls she is she's superb and she was the um she still is the chair of the nhs trust in leeds and um she's always kept an eye on the cones and and we saw her to lunch and she said how are the cones going on oh, we've got six published then she said right i want one for leeds children's hospital to help children go into hospital and dispel the mystique and the fear that it's a fun place to go that it's colorful and everybody's there to help. And I found that a really moving book to do. We went, I went in to read it. We were just about to launch it when the first lockdown came on with COVID. And uh, I managed to get into a hospital and there's a little boy who the previous day had, had serious major open heart surgery. And the nurse said, would you go and read that, the book to him? And it was just wonderful. I came out, absolutely sobbing my heart out because this little boy said, they've taken my blood when I came in. They measured me. They weighed me. 
and he could see and relate to everything that was in the story. So I found that one really moving. Um, I did one on safety on and off trains. That was, you know, we, we, as a couple, we love trains. And uh, so this was to, you know, to make sure that kids are safe on track, well, track side and on the train itself. So uh, I enjoyed that one. That one actually won a national award. So uh, tell us was, about that. So tell us how it got adopted to that award status. We worked with a company to, to get the facts right for the the book. I always like to work. This is why I like to work with the companies. And I always give them the final sign off of the text so that everything is completely factual, um, apart from four talking cones. <laughs> um, and there's a company operating out of Yorkshire, out of York, um, called Grand Central. And so we called the station Grand Central Station. I think I know somewhere there, there is one of those. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, they, they learnt how a disabled child can get onto a train or somebody disabled, um, how to behave on a train, um, not to bounce on the seats because the train can stop quite quickly. Um, and, and then when they get off the train, if they drop something and it goes onto the truck, you don't go after it. And one of the cones does. And so they learn the lesson that way. Um, and they, the crossings where tracks and roads cross and how, you know, not to try and get through when the trains are coming. So, yeah, I enjoy that one very much. So, Chris, these messages are so universal. I mean, every child needs to be learning these core concepts. So how are you getting them into the hands of people? I mean, so you you sell them online, you can find them like Barnes and Noble, where like as, as if there's a, a parent that's listening to this and says, I want to take that concept, I want my children to have this, like where can we get our hands on it? Now you're over in the UK, we're in, we're in the States, but talk to us about that. It's, well, it's on Amazon worldwide. We can get it in Australia and all over the place. Um, Barnes & Noble, as, as long as there's um, books that have got the ISBN number, it, they can be ordered anywhere from any bookshop. Any good bookshop will be able to get hold of them. Um, but, you know, quite a lot of people buy them online. The the corporates use them. I don't know what you will call it in the States, but over here it's sort of corporate social responsibility where they have to prove that they're doing something to help the communities in which they work and and this is where we are using it largely because the, as i say they're going into areas and working and they have big programs for helping schools and um we've just we're having a spate of them at the moment and it's just fantastic to see what they do but um the company that we've just finished a book with um and launched in november was it's about um, how how a construction company can replace a bridge without closing it and keep the keep the traffic moving and replace a worn out bridge, and then the other half of it is uh, making a, a new road. Which now that roads are being designed and carefully planned, so that you've got the ecology and you've got the all the different aspects you've got pedestrians you've got cyclists you've got parks or on the 17 kilometer big piece of road um i enjoyed doing that one and they have bought since november they have bought five thousand books for their corporate social responsibility program it's just amazing oh my god i mean like and it's just and you can just see the power of it so what is the age group chris that these listeners are targeted towards with these books 
a small child having the books read to them at three, four, we'll, we'll get it. But really, it's for six, seven, eight-year-olds, so that you know they're they're getting they can read themselves and they can understand the concept. They're doing projects at school on ecology and climate change and all the important things, um, inclusivity, diversity, and and all this sort of thing. It's, it's becoming so much part of the curriculum now. And at one one school I went to, I had a letter from the head of the uh, literacy department. And she said, I don't know how you've done it, but you've you've provided a book which early readers, so four, five-year-old readers, can can read it. But equally, 10, 11-year-olds who are late readers, they don't want to be doing the little kiddie books, but they, they want to be feel that they, they, they are reading something, a story. And uh, she said, we're now using your books for homework, which I thought was fantastic, you know, super. How many how many pages or chapters? I mean, like, what's a rough size of one of the books? It's between twenty eight and thirty two pages, um, full color. Um, That's substantial when you're yeah. sharing oh. the concept. Oh, doesn't do it very well on here. There we go. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the sort of thing we do. This, we do a, around seventeen, eighteen hundred words, so it has to be very concise, you know, to get this this. The, the concept across to them, what we're trying to talk about. Okay, so you're obviously a humanitarian. I mean, like, so you love to write, you know, about the, the safety of children and, and teaching these life lessons. Where did that really, I mean, you, you obviously said you, you've really enjoyed writing, but uh-huh. where did that, like, is there a catalyst moment for you, Chris, that said, wow, this is something I need to bring forward, or has it just evolved over time? I think it, it, it started from being a small child. Um I only have one sibling who's nine years older than me. Um, and so he was, when I was nine, he was 18, going to university. So, you know, not much interaction, really. Um, my parents would not have a television. And so I had to make my own amusement. And I have always enjoyed English and writing and Bracey and all everything that goes with it. Encouraging children to experiment with words as well. And so I think that's where it started, right back in my childhood. Yeah. How fascinating and how fun to bring that forward. Okay, so what advice do you have for our, our listeners today is, you know, somebody has a passion inside them and they, you know, they would love to bring it forward. What were the first steps? Like, what were you telling yourself in those early phases when you were starting to bring this to life? The very first book was written in pencil by hand on a notepad when we were on holiday. And it was, I didn't, I'm not a great, I like the sunshine, but I don't like to sunbathe because I just feel such a waste of time. And so I was writing while sitting out in the sun in Madeira. And we mocked up a few books and just to see what it would look like. And the old fashioned ladybird book sort of thing was a, a bit of a sort of prototype for us. Um, and but then with working and everything else, it, it, it was very much back burner. And it wasn't until we got the publisher that it, you know, it really, really, really motored. And I, I can't believe how many we've got out. I mean, it's just brilliant. And we've got them in foreign languages as well. We've got them in, uh, let me see, we've got Portuguese, French, Mandarin, Japanese, Italian, Polish, German, Romanian. Um, and we're just having one um, put together at the moment in Urdu. Because in, in the area where we are, there's quite a, a lot of 
diversification of ethnicities. And sadly, some of the parents, even though they can be third generation, actually don't speak English, uh, particularly the mothers. And we thought, so little boys going home or little girls going home from school with a book, and there's one in Urdu as well, then they stand, you know, it's a way of helping the parent understand what the child is learning and hopefully help them with their English because far too many children miss school because they're having to go with parents who don't speak English to the doctors, to hospital appointments and all sorts of things. And it's, it's, it's very hard for some families. It is. And I'm hearing you say, I mean, how multidimensional that just this one simple platform brings. I mean, the beauty of, of you writing it, it's teaching so many catalyst moments. But even as you use in that example there, you're teaching, you know, home parents, you know, you're teaching just the, the whole lifestyle of, of bringing that forward. Okay, so we're going to end on this note. What have you enjoyed the most about this creation? I mean, when you look at your legacy, Chris, you're 25 years, 13 plus books published later. What have you most enjoyed? I enjoy seeing the children's faces when they get the story. And one of the things that I think at the moment is books are making a comeback. And so many children have not got any books. I mean, that is just all. They've got every bit of electronic equipment on the planet um, and tablets and everything else, but they don't get a book. And their faces, when they're given a book, can I have this? Is it mine? Can I take it home? And one little girl just said, I'll treasure this book forever. And that, I thought, oh, that is just wonderful. Again, the simplicity of yeah. what you're doing and the impact that that brings is yeah. is just very powerful. So, is there so specifically? Is there any specific call to action that you have for our audience listeners today from this episode? What would you love them to do? Read to your children. Take time to. The books are just big enough so you can sit the child on your knee and put your arms around them. So you have a cuddle and a read at the same time. Have a laugh together, understand the story, and generally just enjoy the time you can have that is so precious with children because blink your eyes and they've grown up. Oh my goodness. What a great message. Chris, this has been an absolute delight. I am just so grateful to you and Keith for bringing this message forward. And so we're going to have all of the different um, resources listed in the show notes today. So we really encourage our audience to tap into that, get this message, and then look at it from, you know, from the corporate side as well and the impact that it has. So thanks again. I appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. Very welcome indeed. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.